Hi, this is Donna Otto, and we are in the middle of talking about the days of preparation for Easter. You're going to hear more about this. We're going to continue to talk about it. I know we're putting up the activities that you could do with your children. And today, I just want to just remind you of a little history of how this holiday came to be and how many ways we celebrate it that have nothing really to do with the crucifixion and resurrection. I remember asking, why do we celebrate Easter? And the children said, Easter bunny, Easter egg hunts, family brunch, baskets filled with candy, baskets filled with plastic eggs that have money in them, and new clothes. And I was very <laughs> depressed by that. I thought, wow, I actually think that Easter is more diluted than Christmas is. At least in Christmas, we have the baby in the manger, we have the star of wonder, we have uh, We Three Kings of Orient are, we have some decorations that are more scriptural and songs that be, can, can be considered Christ-centered. But what is Easter to the world? The marketing and media world that we live in, Easter is the word Lent because Lent is springtime. So Easter is springtime. It's lilies and daffodils flowers. It's pastel colors. And if those aren't colors you wear, it's okay because everybody in the spring wears them. They're bunnies and chickens and butterflies. Yes, my husband and I started our chicken collection because a young woman at Homemakers uh, bought her children two chicks for Easter. And the next morning, she said, yuck, what am I going to do with these chickens? They are dropping stuff all over my house. And she called up, knowing that my husband had been building a chicken coop and that we were investing in chickens, and we got these two little baby chickens. So, girls, don't do that. That's a very bad idea. You'll be sorry you did that. They are eggs, coloring eggs, and hiding eggs, and there are baskets, my daughter had the same little green basket from her first Easter until she got married, and I gave her the basket and said, do you want this basket? She did not. You could actually walk away from Easter and not even know that it was tied to anything sacred. But sacred it is. Sacred it is. So I want to talk about the customs of Easter, the real Easter, and the practicality of Easter. So where do we get the word Easter? Well, we celebrate Easter in the spring, and Easter bunny, and the dyed eggs, and the jelly beans, because the word Easter comes from the Anglo-Saxon goddess of spring. And I'm going to botch it if I say it, but it's spelled E-O-S-T-R-E and Ostera the fourth moon of April, which was dedicated to her. has nothing to do with Christ, does it? But it's very close to the word that we use, Easter. And why do we celebrate Christ's resurrection in the spring? Well, we celebrate it in the spring because of the number of days between the 
resurrection and the spring season and the spring equinox and it's all tied to a calendar and eggs quite obviously eggs are the springing of life eggs through the actual fertility symbol and a lot of ancient cultures and some still today give the eggs a special power uh, you've seen beautiful eggs that have been painted and artistically developed and collected around the world Egyptians and Greeks and Mexicans and Indians but why do we dye the eggs it seems that no one knows why we dye the eggs except dyeing eggs in primitive cultures brought you either good luck or bad luck. So red eggs produce some magical power. In China, it was a custom to offer red eggs at the festival of Tin Hao. Now, do you don't know what that is? It's the heavenly queen as a token of gratitude for answered prayer, especially if you got a boy and not a girl. And then where's the Easter bunny come from? How many of you have seen uh, a live Easter bunny hopping through your grass? Well, if you live in Arizona, you probably have. If you live in the Midwest, you probably have. But how many of you have seen a six-foot um, to puka that in the movie, uh, the movie called Harvey that uh, Jimmy Stewart deals with? Or how many of you have seen a white costumed rabbit in the mall passing out candy. Well, the rabbit is a fertility symbol, and we, of course, know that they make bunnies, and bunnies make more bunnies, and they do it rather rapidly. So the first known Easter bunny was not until the 1500s and in Germany. And what about the new clothes? Well, in the early church, we got new clothes because we were baptized during Easter. And it was a week where you were dressed in white robes. And they would wear the robe throughout the whole Easter week as a symbol of their new life. I absolutely love that concept. Uh, I did not wear a white robe when I got baptized. I got baptized in my clothes and I came up from the tank. I was 16 and a half years old and I was drenched and my hair was drenched and I had had the most miraculous experience. I wished I had had a white robe on. Uh, the the Easter Day parades, which we don't have Easter parades very much now. There's an old movie about the Easter parade. But that was done because after masses and after church services, when people would be all ready in their new Easter clothes, they would walk around the town to show off their clothes. So all of these traditions have some significance to um, fertility and eggs and bunnies, and but not the real Easter. The real Easter, the Palm Sunday that is followed by Passover week that we call the week of weeks around here and then is followed by the crucifixion. Well, in the scripture we see that Jesus goes off, Matthew 20, verses 18 through 19, he says, Behold, we're going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered to the chief priests and scribes. A few days ago, that announcement had made to Peter, and we talked about it, and Peter was so upset, so rocked by the thought that the Son of Man would be uh, betrayed to death, that he wanted to stop it. He wanted to take charge of it and stop it. The ver verse goes on to say that he will be condemned to death and deliver him to the Gentiles to mock him, scourge him, crucify him, and on the third day he will be raised again. 
I really do love all the prophecies of the old covenant that spoke of the smallest things from him, him a sponge being dipped in vinegar to give the thirsting Christ some liquid. All the things that were prophesied come to pass when you read the Gospels and see the entire story. Forget any suggestion ever that someone says that Jesus was trapped or that Jesus was taken over by a hundred men or that Jesus uh, could not control the situation. Jesus was perfectly in charge. He was not forced in to the crucifixion. This was what God had sent him to do. I often hear people talking about the prayer in the garden at Gethsemane. If this could pass, well, not one among us who anticipates suffering for the glory of God, for obedience to God, not one of us would have said, are you sure, Lord? If this, I'm your son. I'm here to do what you tell me to do, but are you sure? That's what he was saying. He wasn't denying it. And he comes into Jerusalem, coming up over a really small hill from the village of Bethany, and he stands at the top of the hill, and he starts to come down the hill. It's a very windy kind of hill. He's on the donkey, and suddenly they realize it's him, and they start waving palms and shouting hallelujah, and he comes all the way down till he gets in to Jerusalem. It's how he entered and why we have Palm Sunday. There are a lot of things about the rest of this account that are full of uh, events that happen, particularly on the last part of the week, the Thursday when Judas betrays Christ, and then the preparation of the room. Uh, this is Passover time, the preparation of the room and finding a donkey and having something ready for his pass for his disciples was not just coincidental that it was available. It was something that God had ordained and prepared the steps for. And then on Thursday, he comes to be with his disciples, and they have communion, and he shares the bread and the wine, and he describes that this bread is like his body, which is broken, and this wine, which is his blood, that will be spilled. And then he washes their feet. Some churches in America and around the world have a service called Maundy, M-A-U-N-D-Y, Maundy Thursday. If you have never attended that service, oh, take your children, take yourselves to that service and watch the reenactment of people washing each other's feet. It's Peter again, dear Peter. He gets himself in trouble all the time. He opens his mouth and he is in trouble. And Christ comes to him and wants to wash his feet. And what does Peter say? Not my feet. No, no, you're not. You are the Messiah. You can't wash my feet. Big show off. And what does God say to him? Peter, if I do not wash your feet, then you are not a part of me. And what does Peter say? I love his reconciling spirit. It just happens so quickly. In a second, he says, okay, okay, then douse me. Wash my head and my body. Wash everything, because I certainly do not want to be left from you. And then the betrayal, um, the cock crowing, what Christ has told Peter would happen and that he would deny him, the trial, the release of the thief and the killing of 
Jesus, the crucifixion. And then comes the silent day of Saturday and Sunday, resurrection morning, when they go to the tomb and find that he is not there. It is a thrilling story. There are many good films that you can watch. Some of them you must be careful with your children because they're very graphic. For years, we have offered two tools, and I believe they're on the front of our website right now. One is a reading of the Gospels that describe everything I've just said to you briefly. Uh, In every book, the Synoptic Gospels, which do not include John, the describing of the betrayal, the describing of the crucifixion. And then for every day of the week of weeks, what did Jesus do from from, uh, Palm Sunday? And what did he do on Monday? And what did he do on Tuesday? And what did he do on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday? So those readings are all there. And that's a little more advanced. That may be something you'll choose to do or your husband and you will choose to do or your teenage children. But something more simple for the younger children is something that we call the Week of Weeks Easter Basket. And that tool is also on the website. And it includes a small token, something that brings connection to what happened on those days. So on Palm Sunday, there's a palm. On Monday, there's money. On Tuesday, there's a fig. On Wednesday, there's a bottle of perfume. On Thursday, there's a chocolate kiss. And I always look for the big chocolate kiss so it's noticeable in the basket. On Friday, there's a dice because they threw dice to see who would gain his seamless garment, which had been prophesied in the Old Testament. On Saturday, there's a stone that was rolled before the tomb. And on Sunday, there's the spice that they took to embalm his body left in the tomb. It's every one of those symbols is tied to a passage of scripture, which is anywhere from four to 10 verses long. And you can fill this basket, each of them Uh, one day at a time and you're adding it or putting them all together. I make it every year. I still make it and I use it as a part of a little worship time that my husband and I do at Easter. My husband made a very crude cross. Now, he does really fine woodworking, but a number of years ago, 10 or 12 years ago, he went out to his little space and took two pieces of wood very crudely and hammered them together with a very large nail and put it in a little wooden stand and he brought it in. He said, here. And I was moved to tears by it and I've saved it. And I bring it out and put it near the basket. It was such a crude thing. It was constructed so quickly. And if you've ever read the book, The Three Trees, which we so often read at Christmas time, but one of the trees um, became the cross that Jesus was crucified on. Wonderful story. Great time to bring it out and read it during the Easter um, celebrations. So consider these things with your children, large and small, with yourself, with your husband, but make some time to invest in these weeks of preparation for Lent to prepare for the week of week. Make sure that your calendar is free for the potential of attending some of these services. Good Friday service is often held in churches around the world. It's a dark, 
quiet service usually. Um, Saturday, there are Saturday vigil services all around the world where people come and sit like the Jewish folks do in sitting in Shiva, where you just sit quietly together after someone passes, and certainly Christ has passed. So take advantage of this time to build your own armor of knowledge and information. The power of the world is still loose. The Messiah has come, he has been resurrected, and he will come again. Sunday is coming. And that Sunday will be the Sunday when Christ returns to take us home and to take control of the power of the world, which causes evil. I'm Donna Otto, and we are Modern Homemakers. Don't forget all the things that are on the website that sing and dance and help you in your life. If you haven't made a commitment yet to help celebrate the 75 years, 75 somethings before the week is out, to encourage someone in your world. Remember, the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make it a very uncommon day of preparing for the week of weeks.